0: This is the New Song Church Podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message.
1: Welcome to New Song Answers Weekend, and welcome if you are joining us online. I believe this is going to be a powerful weekend in this house as we come face-to-face to face with some of the things that God is doing in this body and sending forth from us. And now if we haven't met yet, I'm the missions and outreach pastor here at New Song. My name's Ashley Vesopomoyo. And if you're wondering, what is New Song Answers? That is the ministry branch in which we answer the call to be the hands of Jesus um, beyond our walls. And that encompasses both missions and outreach. And as we've just heard in that video, There are some things that God has prepared for us to do this year that we are so excited about. So I'm going to break them down real quick. Um, So Go Week, what is that? Well, we want to be in a place where we're aware of where God has positioned us. Amen. So when we talk about the difference between missions and outreach, we're very passionate on when we go out on any sort of mission trip. We're not just going to do some good works, but leave soil with no one to tend it. We always want to come in under local ministries or local pastors when we go on a mission trip. But in outreach we are that local body. So we want to make a bigger footprint this year than we ever have before. And so Go Week is kind of, if you can imagine with me, what it would be like if a mission trip and serve Saturday had a baby. That's Go Week. So you'll be able to serve on uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of Go Week. Be able to come here but still sleep in your own bed, and so this is what I want to challenge you to do. We have two tables. Somebody asked me this after last service, and I realized it wasn't clear. Two tables out in the lobby. Make sure you hit both of them, but one is about Go Week. I want everybody to take a paper and just go home and pray about it. It gives you all the logistics, all the information you would need to know because registration is now open, and we want to bring a full force into our city to say, you know what? We're not loving out of our own bank. We're loving out of his bank for this city, and recognizing he has placed us here for a purpose And we are going to show up to what he has for us to do. Then we have four mission trips this year. We're going back to Porto Penasco. I know many of you have been there. We love Pastors Conrad and Heidi, yes. and we love the work that the Lord is doing there. We're honored to be able to continue helping them with that, doing the things, um, many of the same sort of ministry things, expanding it that we've done before, as well as helping them continue and growing the first Christian school in Porto Penasco. We'll also be going to New York City. Now, here's the thing that I've seen when we talk about missions. People get really excited about going far away. But if you tell them that we're going here in the United States, yes. We kind of have that Samaritan mindset of like, what? You know, like, they're just, you know, they've made their choices. They've had a chance. I want nothing to do with them. And we don't want that to be our heart. So what we want is we want to see that our own country, we talk about the nations, our own nation needs Jesus. So we're going to show up. We're going to show up in New York City and recognize that God has positioned us for a purpose and pour out that they too might know the name of Jesus. We'll be going back to Wachanera. This is where we did our pop-up medical clinics last year, again with Pastors Conrad and Heidi, but in a different part of Mexico. And what I'd like to challenge you is if you have any medical background of any kind, whether it's in dental, or it's in vision, or just more of what everybody thinks when they hear the word medical, please show up to that interest meeting. There's gonna be interest meetings starting next week for the next four weeks, one about each of the trips. That other table in the lobby has all of the information you need to know, um, as well as the app, but what we want is if you have any background in medical, would you show up to that meeting? Because whether or not it's going or not, I believe that God may have a place for you to sow or to invest into this work. Because here's what we see. It's nice to do something that makes a difference. Yeah. It's nice. But what we find is when we go in and we meet a really practical need. Yeah. A really practical need. Hearts open. Yeah. There's a saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And what we want to do is want to show up and want to pour out. And when we have, the, we have the opportunity at that moment, then we get to pray for them. Yeah. And then in the evenings when they hear there's a ministry service with those same people Those same people who just loved on me in practical ways are way more likely to show up. So we think it's very significant that the Lord has positioned us, and we want to challenge you to be a part of that. And lastly, we've had international mission trips, but we've never had an overseas mission trip. So Thailand is the first time that we are crossing the ocean. And Pastor Tondra and I were just in Thailand in December, and I will tell you that we left feeling very stirred. Very stirred for what the Lord is doing. Thailand is in the 1040 window, which basically means countries in that, that area of the world all have about 2% or less of people who know Christ, who know Jesus. And when we were there, it was evident. As much as you drive around here and you see so many churches, so many Buddhist temples were there. Yes. And you can see that people need him. Well, this team will not only be serving in Thailand, but also on the border of Myanmar, which is at war right now. And I'll be talking about it more later in this service, but if you're interested in any of these trips, make sure that you take action, make sure you show up. We do think some of these will fill up very quickly, but I believe that some of you have an anointing on you to do ministry that God has prepared for us to do. So I am here today to bring you in on the 2024 vision for this house. Because we can see that God is doing something in our midst and we don't want to miss it. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we're so honored to meet with you. We're so honored to be able to hear your voice. And we ask that today you would give us vision. As we talk about things that maybe our hearts are always don't always tend to go towards, I pray that you would be in a place where we trust that you're going to interpret it to us. So we give you entrance, we give you entrance to mark us, to change us, to compel us, not because of human emotion, but because of your spirit. Lord, we trust you. We trust that with you at the helm, it is safe and good for us to go deeper and deeper and further and further in. Lord, I thank you that you breathe on this sermon, you breathe on these words, you give them life. Lord, would you help me today? Would you be my strength? Would you be my voice? Would you cover what I'm saying? And would you help me decrease as you increase? Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I'm honored to be a part of it. We're honored to be a part of it. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now. When I was 19, I moved to the country of Haiti and ended up in the city of Saint Mark. It's a beautiful city along the ocean, with mountains in the back the background, and it's something that really has marked me forever. It's beautiful, both in the terms of its people, but it also marked me in the terms of the brokenness that exists there. And I saw God move in so many ways. Now, when I went, I knew that I was called, but I really had no clue how little I was prepared. But sometimes that's the perfect place to be because then you're all heart and you're ready, and God can do so much with that. Now, I showed up in St. Mark in August, and I'd already been in the country for around a month And I had to come face to face with all of the realities of what it means to live in this country. Things like intermittent electricity, bucket bathing, and living with the saying, if it's yellow, let it mellow, and if it's brown, flush it down. I wasn't in Kansas any more. (laughs) So when I showed up in St. Mark, I'd already had some of that fresh-off-the-airplane energy that had subsided. And I had realized that life is just a little bit different. Now, I was struggling with travel sickness. Travel sickness is when maybe the elements of where you're living are different than what you're used to. The food is different than what you're used to. And your stomach and your body has to get used to it. So I was struggling with that. In St. Mark, I found more things that stretched me. There were cockroaches the size of my thumb that would pour out of the palm trees when it rained, and there was a palm tree right in the courtyard by where I lived. There were mice, and when I was getting sick, remember, I was dealing with travel sickness, when I would get sick with no electricity in a dark bathroom, I could hear mice running around my feet, and it's oddly, oddly hard to get used to living under a mosquito net when you sleep. I always kept saying, this shouldn't bother me but it felt kind of like a spider web just wanted to wrap itself around me, and I was having a hard time. So nighttime would be a sweet reprieve that the things that I was battling through in my flesh, the elements had taken their toll, and I was ready to pass out. Nighttime was a great time to have cooler temperatures and just get some good rest. So imagine, imagine my surprise when I wake up in the middle of the night, I've been so tickled to find out, the day before, that I'm living next door to a rooster. Okay, a rooster, a real life rooster, guys. I'm a city girl. A lot of you people, that's like, yeah, not a thing, but I was like, oh my gosh, I read about these in my children's books when I was growing up, and it's a real life rooster. So when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm so confused because everybody know roosters crow at dawn, right? But no, it's still dark. It's still dark outside, so I'm bewildered wondering what is this sound because the thing is is it started out very beautiful like the little button that you click on that but that you know that little children's book it makes a little noise but it ended like that chicken just met its untimely death in the texas chainsaw massacre now i've i've, I've come prepared to to t- bring you in on what this sounded like okay now i i do do autographs but i need you to just hold your request till after service okay so it sounded something like this now, I don't know if that rooster would feel like I did it justice, but that's how it sounded like to me. So, my room had tile on the floor, the walls were made of this kind of soft concrete, and the ceiling had these little pink, like kind of sparkles. So, when I woke up to that sound, that's what I was looking up at, and I was like, what on earth is going on? There was a window on the wall. Now here there's not, like we have window panes, they don't. So instead it was like a grate on the wall with these little plastic slats you could close or open to help keep dust out. So I rushed over to the window, opened the slats, and we must have had city power because I could see the next door uh, yard illuminated. So it was flat ground with this like little tiny mound and this chicken that looks like it's a chicken out of Moana is standing on top of that little tiny mound. And I'm thinking, this his chicken's just confused. Poor guy. All right, that's weird. I'm going to go back to sleep. Kind of thought it was cool, but I'm ready to get some rest. So I wake up again at 3 a.m. And I'm thinking, that chicken woke me up again. Doesn't he know how this works? He's supposed to crow at dawn. So I go to the window again, and this little chicken is walking around with his little chest puffed out, and he's staring straight up, not at the sun, not at the sunrise, but at the moon. And I realize part of what life is going to look like living in Haiti. I woke up once more, 4 a.m., to that same tortured cry, and I was ready to put him out of his misery myself. Now, while I lived in Haiti, I saw that chicken get cussed out in a foreign tongue, more times than I can count, dogs tried to eat it, and people threw countless items at it. But that rooster, he knew his assignment, and he could not be moved. And rumor has it that he cackles through the night to this day. So, today, we are talking about understanding our assignments. And I put it to you that that rooster understood his assignment more than many of us today. We've been talking a lot lately about filling the earth with God's glory, that mandate. And Scripture's clear that there's something that we're called to do. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But this is where we run into issues. I know I'm called. I know there's good works, but my assignment, what's that? I'm really lost. But here's what I'm here to tell you. The God... Of the universe. He desires missional activation in the lives of his sons and daughters, children that are imparted to, and receiving of the gifts, abilities, and assignments he's lovingly prepared for us to carry out. It is a part of his very good plan to fill both the earth and our lives with his glory when we understand how his plans for us and his plans for the world co inside. This is his heart. But we struggle with it. Yeah. There are a lot of surveys, if you look at that have been done of Americans talking about purpose. And the same general trend exists where if you have four Americans, and I want you to just imagine them: one, two, three, four, the very first one says, I both understand my purpose and I believe it's important to understand your purpose. Number two and number three, say, yes, it's important to understand your purpose, but I really have no clue what mine is. And the last one. The last one neither understands their purpose nor think that it's important to. They're eaten up by apathy. In other words, the vast majority of people have no clear understanding of assignment. And that's what we'll be talking about today. We're gonna talk about number one, his plans for us. Number two, his plans for the world. And number three, how they coincide. So, number one, his plan for us is to overflow from the inside out, being transformed and expressing it. If you've been around this house for long, hopefully you know our pursuits. We have four of them. One of them is that we pursue transformational discipleship But as we do that, sacrificial mission, which is another one of our pursuits, is transformation expressed. Transformation expressed is sacrificial mission. So I want you to understand that a loving God, he doesn't create you with useless capacity. Because that's a lie that I think we've all bought into at some point or another. Where we think there are things that I know burn inside of me. If I met you as a child, what would it be that was burning in your heart to do? At some point, there was something. But then as you walk on in life, you suddenly feel like I don't see the outlet for it. I don't understand what it's for. So maybe I'm just not supposed to use it at all. But God put it in there. He has a purpose for it. That the journey is not to say, force yourself into a place you think that you're meant to, to, to use it. It's to say, God... Why did you put this in me, and where do you have for me to use it? Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When we start tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, when that becomes our very good pursuit, when we say, I want more of him, it changes us from the inside out. Life on assignment starts from the inside out. Now, for the last 15 years, I've been traveling the globe in some form of missional capacity. And when I first left, the first time I ever went outside this country, I was 17. And I really had no idea what made our country different than any other. I had no sense of it beyond what I had learned in history, that we're the home of the brave and the land of the free. Woo! But as I started traveling, I started realizing, wow, wow. The Holy Spirit puts something inside of us where we can pick up on a spiritual atmosphere or a spiritual climate. So I would go to a country like China and be able to say, this is what they're dealing with. I would go to a country like the Dominican Republic and say, this is what they're dealing with. But when I came back to the US, I was surprised to realize I could sense our struggle, sense the spirit that hangs over us. And I realized that the US struggles in a spiritual battle with apathy. The Oxford Dictionary defines apathy as follows, a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm, or a lack of concern. Now, scripture outlines the culture in the end times, growing more and more wicked and further from him. And this is where we get lost a little bit between his plan for us and the plan for the world. Because we know this, we can all say, oh, yep, the world's going to grow more wicked. But we start measuring success in his kingdom by the reaction we get on earth. In other words, you might say things like, well, if I'm going about his business, how many healings should I see? If I'm going about his business, surely I should see more salvations. We get eaten up into a place where we then don't even know how to move at all. Because our culture is hooked on sensationalism. In other words, if it doesn't feel sensational, if it doesn't feel great, should I really be doing it at all? Because we're lost, listless, and uncertain of what he's made us to do. Instead, we're looking for the answer to the question, what will make me feel good and right within myself? And at that point, we start looking for anything that can promise to satisfy. 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two says, But Samuel declared, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obedience to his voice? Behold, obedience is better than sacrifice, and attentiveness is better than the fat of rams. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We're not forcing ourselves to sacrifice. We're obeying his voice. Now, attentiveness, this is something that's very foreign, I think, in our culture today. In fact, Pastor Sarah at Midweek Prayer last Month talked about the cancer of boredom is on the American church. We've lost our focus on how it, what it means to be attentive to the Lord. Now we have to trade this dance, this, this dance between boredom and sensationalism, where, oh, I'm going to do this because it feels sensational, and then, ah, I'm bored of it. Oh, but I'm going to do this new thing because it feels sensational, and, ah, I'm bored of it. Going back and forth and back and forth with long-term overflowing from Christ Because without Christ, all we are is empty souls that are begging to be fed with something. And we will keep looking at what is it that might feed my empty soul. But in Christ, when Christ is enough, when Christ is all I see, then scripture comes to life where it says, Your words were found and I ate them. And they became my joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Luke fourteen thirteen and 14 says, But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, let me ask you, what do we have to feed people? We have the bread of life. But, if we're actually going to break bread with people, talk about the word with people, we are likely going to want to do that with people we feel most comfortable with. So being challenged to invite the least of these, that's a challenge. They can't pay. I want you to imagine that you have a physical dinner at your house and you invite somebody off the streets. You're more likely to feel awkward And when they leave, think about, man, that person smelled. They smelled like they needed a shower. You're probably not going to feel like I did such a great thing. But even if you do, even if you do that every day, and every day you feel rewarded with feel-good feelings, feel-good feelings are not enough. They will fade. They never are enough. You will be left feeling empty and sad and wondering, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But there is someone who can pay. There is someone who can pay, and it's only him. Come on. We don't do things because they are exciting. I'm not here to hype you up, to get you excited and be like, if I can get you hyped enough, maybe you're going to commit to do something for the kingdom of God. No. When God is our all, yes. then I'm all in with God. And what he sent me to do, what he's assigned me to do, I'm going to show up for. Yes. We struggle. We struggle to understand because we've simply made it too complicated. Galatians 6 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore... As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Now, I want to show you two things in this scripture. First, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. That warning should only be there if it's likely to happen, if it's common to happen, if it's natural to happen. In other words, it's telling us, have a spiritual defense because doing good is wearying work unless you're spiritually refreshed. Number two, it tells us that we are to do good. This is clearly something that God tells us is part of what we are meant to do. Now, what is the purpose of sacrificial mission? It's to glorify God. Matthew 6 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want us to get this. Kingdom work reinforces our hearts in him. Kingdom work reinforces our hearts in him. It's not work for work's sake. It's an overflow from him. And when it's an overflow from him, it reinforces us to him, in him, again and again. Number two, his plan for the world is to be found and set aflame. Luke chapter 4, this is Jesus talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now Jesus was in the temple and he was reading the words of Isaiah. And he said that I have come to fulfill these words. These words are fulfilled in me. Now, if you look at why Christians were called Christians to begin with, it's because they said we were like little Christs running around doing his same mission. And we see in Scripture, there's evidence to back that up, that we've been called into his work. So he now commissions us and gives us this same anointing. Now, now parting words are important. We've heard it. Any last words, we've heard things like, that there's a loved one that's passing away. Everybody wants to gather, away, gather around them and then have their chance to both hear parting words and give parting words. Well, some of the parting words of Jesus can be boiled down to this message. Go, preach, and disciple. See, we get lost in three different questions. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And should I be doing it? What answers that? is what he's told us to do. Go, preach, and disciple. This is our assignment. Now, other parting words of Jesus are found in Acts. He's talking to the apostles. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, why would he say wait unless they knew there was somewhere for them to go? And they knew it. They knew they were to go preach and disciple. And so he was saying wait because you need empowerment for this assignment because they were to turn hearts to Jesus. But I'm afraid we've gotten it mixed up today where we recognize we need empowerment. We get that empowerment, and then we say, okay, I'm burning for Jesus. Just tell me where you want me to go, and until then, I'm just going to stay here and burn. We act like we haven't already been given an assignment. In fact, we correlate with these two and three people right here, where instead we say, I think it's important to know, but I don't know. Yet scripture tells us this is what he's given us to do. Now, in scripture, we repeatedly see that the heart is a very important thing. We see both the heart of stone and the heart of flesh occur throughout Scripture. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Another way of saying a heart of stone would be a hardened heart or a deadened heart. And his heart was hardened. Where the Lord was calling him through the message, let my people go. And instead he was hardened against the will of the Lord. Hardened against the way of God. David, King David. He committed adultery and he committed murder. And yet he says, as he repents, Lord, would you create in me a clean heart, a new heart, a heart of flesh? Yeah. We can see that this is an important concept, the heart, the issue of the heart. In Luke chapter 24, 32, we see the heart again. There's these two men who have been walking. They, they're talking about Jesus. They meet up with him, not realizing who it is. He talks with them, and they realize it's Jesus right before he leaves. Then they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? Now, this might be familiar to you. Pastor Sarah started this year calling us to the same thing, hearts broken, burning, and beholding him, because our hearts will burn for something. Yeah. They will burn for comfort. They'll burn for self, or they can burn for him. They can burn for him, and this is number three. His plans for us and his plans for the world, they coincide. When his fire burns in our hearts, when we are moved to burn the way that these men were, when his fire burns in our hearts, as we live from transformation, we make living in obedience our highest aim. Because remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. Our decision to live on sacrificial mission isn't born out of wanting to be sacrificial because we can have that game all day long. I'm going to out-sacrifice you. I'm going to stop having coffee. I'm going to start donating all my money to the poor. It will not satisfy. So it is not born out of wanting to be sacrificial. It's out of obeying Jesus for whom our hearts are set ablaze. Imagine, just imagine the impact that a burning heart can have, imagine stone versus flesh in Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now I want to ask you a question. We've already established that I'm a city girl. If you're building a fire, how many of you have built a fire? I live in Oklahoma, lots of you. I I just want you to know, I had to research this just to make sure I wasn't about to preach heresy and make sure that I I was solid on this. Okay, when you build a fire, you often use stones to contain the fire. And why is that? It's because stone may char, but it does not burn. Stone does not burn unless, unless there's a fire made of something greater than the fire of this world. Listen to this in 1 Kings Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil and also licked up the water in the trench. Hearts of stone cannot burn unless the spirit burns it up. So here's what I want you to recognize. Your assignment is to burn for the Lord because you have the capacity to be a torchbearer where you're taking the fire that he has placed in you, the spirit of fire that lives on your heart and you go dropping embers wherever it is that he sends you. His fire can burn up the stone. Because what I want you to realize is there's dead hearts all around you. Hearts of stone all around you. They may be in your homes. They're certainly on your street, in the grocery store, at your work, in your schools. And he has sent you to those places. Have you ever seen a fire? Have you seen one burning with embers falling around the wayside? Where will our embers fall? Matthew 5. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want you to see two things here. Remember, we said the goal of sacrificial mission is the glorification of God. We can see that here. They will see your good deeds and glorify your Father. But the second thing, that they may see, they're looking. Lost souls are looking. They're looking for whatever it is that can feed them. They have this hollow place inside and they're looking for something to feed it. And when they can see you on sacrificial mission that's not born out of pushing yourself harder, but born out of obedience to Christ, which is rooted in a love for Christ, they can see it. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is looking out and he's moved compassion. He says that people... He can see them, that they are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. And he says that we are to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers. Now, I used to wonder, why does this say, pray for him to send out more workers? Why doesn't he just do it? And I realized it's it's representing the intercession that has to take place, because people have to be formed to be sent, to be able to then be torchbearers. They have to have that flame burning on the inside of them. So let me ask you, are you tending the burning in your heart? That a torch might be ignited. Yeah, now a torch only continues to burn properly if it's fed properly. It's, it's interesting doing some research on this. Back in medieval times... They would have a torch that sometimes would have rags that had been soaked in oil on the end. And oil is very, very significant in Scripture. We can see it over and over again. An example of it, it says that the Lord pours out the oil of gladness on the righteous. Or in other words, he pours out the oil of gladness on those who are living rightly, who are following what he said to do. When we look at the armor of God, how we're supposed to go about our lives, the armor of God was written to correlate to Roman armor. And the shield of faith... Represented or correlated to a Roman shield. And that shield had to have daily applications of oil or it would become brittle and useless. So, how are we tending our torches, our burning hearts, that we can go and set other people ablaze? We already know where Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 5 says, and every day, in the temple, and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Now, we know the temple, but I want to add or draw your focus to the other part here, where it says from house to house. How many of you have ever done house-to-house ministry? Now, if you've been on a New Song mission trip, you probably have. It's a very common way that ministry is done in other countries, where you go door-to-door, meet people, you pray for them, you might invite them to things. But here, it's not nearly so common. In fact, you may have already had the Jehovah's Witness come to your mind when I'm talking about this and thinking, I really don't want to be like that. Now, I'm about to talk about something and it's gonna feel like we're really departing from what we just talked about, okay? I promise it will come back around. How many of you have ever heard of replacement level fertility? Okay. (laughs) Very few of you. This is the concept that people that are very smart study throughout the world saying how many babies need to be born to replace the current population. It's very important for economics, for um, growth. So they study these things. So in the USA, We need every woman to give birth to 2.1 children. Now, you're welcome. I've had three. So nine of you women only need to have two, okay? But right now, in 2022, every woman was only having 1.7. So that's of a concern. What happens when the current population grows up and there's less people to sustain caring for that older generation? Now. Fun fact, the highest rate in the world is in the country of Niger, which is not the same country as Nigeria, just FYI, and it's at 6.73, so you should pray for the country of Niger because they have basically seven kids per woman. Pray for them. Okay, now let's talk about in the church. 77% of people ages 65 and older say that we believe in the God of the Bible, but again, looking at this replacement level population, only 31% of young adults ages 18 to 28 believe in the God of the Bible. And that's exactly why people say we're becoming a post-Christian nation. Let's bring it a little closer to home. If I ask this service, how many people is this your first church, that New Song Church is your first church home? And I'm not trying to throw shade. I think that we would have this same situation across the metro, across Oklahoma. And there's nothing wrong if you came here from a different church. But we should be concerned if there are not new babies in the faith being born into this house. If literally the only way we're adding is because of babies and not because of being people brought into the family of God. So let me ask you, when we talk about door-to-door ministry, what would our church be like if we became committed to being fire starters in our neighborhood? Do you know that you have the power— to set an atmosphere. We tell this to our kids sometimes, that you may feel like something is angering or frustrating, but nothing has the power to make you feel angry or frustrated. You get to decide if you're angry or frustrated. They can set their own climate or atmosphere. Similarly, you might think, my, 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 you don't know about my neighborhood. They're crazy. They're crazy, okay? But you have the power. To bring in a spirit of peace with you. And as you invite people into your home that you don't know, they realize something is different. That a fire starts in your neighborhood. Does anybody in your neighborhood have a reason to call New Song home? I think the answer is no for many of us. I think back to a church that I once was a part of. And they wanted a very low level of commitment from people. And so they said, we're going to make signs. Signs that have our church name on it. Would you put these out in your yard, please? You'd be shocked. People are like, it doesn't really go with the look of my house. I mean, it just it's like, it's not the greatest look. I'll find another way to tell people about Jesus. We're so disconnected from our assignment, but I want you to see that you have the power to set an atmosphere. You have the power to minister to dead hearts. We have the opportunity to burn and drop embers on the hearts of these lost souls because his fire has the capacity to burn up their hearts of stone. What if we allowed ourselves to become concerned with the spiritual formation of our neighborhoods, of our city, of our nation, of our world? Our assignment is to go and tell in his heart, to seek and save the lost. What if we reframed life? Scripture tells us we're ambassadors for him. What if we reframed life to say we're ambassadors with an assignment? And the assignment's not about our worth. It's not about our value. It's not about our capacity. You might hear this idea of getting to know your neighbors, inviting them to your home and saying, well, I'm a little more busy. I just have a higher level capacity than that. I'm more like church leadership material. So put me in a place where I can sew into people and then they can go out and do that. So I love our leaders. We have very healthy leadership here at New Song. I've been on the mission field with Pastor Sarah and I've watched her you know almost no Spanish and going door to door and saying, hola, and telling people <laughs> about Jesus. There's no excuse. There's not. It's not about us because if the commander assigns, then you go. We have a tendency to make the world about us instead of realizing we wait tables for the king. And if I start saying I serve at the pleasure of the king, whatever he wants to do, my obedience to him, that's my highest aim. It's not success in this world. It's not building a great company. It's not having the best homeschool in the world. It's not any of these things. It's I serve at the pleasure of the king and whatever he wants me to do, I will go and do it. When you understand your overall assignment it's not a question of if, but, but it becomes a question of where. Instead of, is it my assignment? It becomes, where is my assignment to be expressed? So what do burning hearts leave in their wake? Little embers flaking away from the fire. And I know I want to leave embers all over this world. So I want to show you some pictures. Some pictures from when we were in Thailand. Now, as much as we have churches on every corner here. Some might say they had Buddhist temples on every corner there. And there are, there are young men who, for, for a year of their childhood, become monks in this temple. And the hope is that they can, they can accept the lifestyle enough to commit their entire lives to it, because if they can commit their entire lives and they decide to become a monk, their entire family will go to heaven. So don't you think about the pressure that that is. So we were at a school... And there were a bunch of, of school children, but also the, the young monk boys had been brought over. And they were on, on this side over here. And we couldn't even, anyone who was a woman, couldn't even go near them. For fear you would, you, would, you would touch their arm or something. They have to live very, very set-apart lives. And you could see in their eyes the weight that this carried. You can go to the second picture. So when we were there, we were making bracelets with them. And they say, Jesus loves you. And unlike our culture in which maybe a 7-year-old boy would maybe like that. These were like you just saw in the last picture like young adult men. And they were so touched at the idea that someone would care enough about them. They were hearing the story of Jesus and they got these bracelets. In the last picture there is this man with a beard. His name is Pechai. He told his testimony and he had been like those boys in the Buddhist temple at one point in his life, and he talked about how much he tried to muster himself up to say, I want to do this for my family, yet he couldn't. So in this picture, what they're doing, we were there at Christmas time, they're telling the story of Jesus, because most countries celebrate Christmas, but many have no clue what it is that they're actually celebrating. They have no clue what it's about. So there was a Thai track, like audio track in the background, and they're acting out this play. You see, Pastor Tondra, he's King Herod. (laughs) We were all asked to fill different roles. And what I want you to see is it was not, oh, I can preach a wonderful sermon. Please just give me a mic. It wasn't, oh, this is not really what I'm cut out for. Don't you have, anybody could go up and do this. It was, no, my heart is burning for Jesus. You see, I'm on a tirade against apathy. When your heart burns for Jesus, you will take up whatever assignment he's come and told you to do it. Two grown men acting as King Herod and his soldier with all their hearts, that somebody else would have the chance to have their heart set on fire. Is anyone's heart burning because of you? Is anyone's heart burning because of the message that you are sharing? I want you to see this, that there are lost souls waiting for you to show up to your assignment. You are a burning heart. You're a torchbearer to lost souls. It's been said in this house, That it's not as important to know the battle plan as to know the commander's intent and the mission. If you're in a place where you really don't know what you're supposed to do, you know his intent. You know the mission. You know how to be about your father's business. But we get caught up in the battle plans. So does he want me at point A or point B? And I'm just not going to move until I understand. But no. Remember, he's God enough to move us. He's God enough to put you where you need to be if you're just not exactly the right spot, but you know his heart. That's good. So will you live on it? Will you live on assignment from his heart to go, to preach, to disciple? Proverbs 11.30 this is a very rich text. I encourage you to study it, but it's also very simple. It says, the fruit of the righteous, that's us, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. That's wisdom. Winning souls is wisdom. Yeah. We don't want to be like Jonah. Jonah is a story many of us heard up, grew up hearing, where there was the country of Nineveh. They were very barbaric people, and Jonah was told, Go deliver this word from the Lord to them, and he ran away, got swallowed by a fish, prayed, and repented in the, the belly of the whale. He was thrown up, he went to the Ninevites, and they repented. However, a lot of times the last chapter of that book isn't taught. In that last chapter, he throws a full-on temper tantrum. And he says, I didn't run away because I was afraid of being hurt by them. No, I knew they were going to listen. I knew it. I knew they were going to listen. He was so upset. He said, I'm so angry I could die. He despised his assignment. Meanwhile, we have Paul. Paul, who had so much inside of him so much that he could have done, but no, all he wanted to do is what the Lord had called him to do. And he said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain, withholding nothing. We wanna be a people withholding nothing, that we are poured out on assignment, praying this prayer, Lord, would you give us wisdom? Lord, give us this kind of wisdom, winning souls is wise, I want to be wise. Lord, would you give us hearts of flesh, hearts that can burn for you. Lord, would you help us make obedience our highest aim? A people saying we serve at the pleasure of the king, not giving in to the lie of replaceability so common in our culture, saying that if I abdicate, there's somebody else. Because in a battle, every soldier matters. No, you cannot abdicate your responsibility for taking territory. We have to make the most of every opportunity. That's what scripture says, making the most of every opportunity because we have a kingdom, a kingdom to expand. That's filling the earth. We have a kingdom to expand. Let's pray. Lord, I know, I know that in this house, you have started a fire. I've seen it and I've seen it grow. But Lord, I pray right now for the people who have allowed it to become a controlled burn and who aren't letting it become a wildfire. Because scripture also tells us that you are the cornerstone. You will keep us in check when our obedience and our hearts are to you. So Lord, would you help us? Help us move from saying, where is my assignment? Do I have one? To saying, I see it. I serve at the pleasure of the King. And Lord, will you show me where it is to express this? Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here. And we honor you and we give you the fruit. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Ashley. Wasn't that good? I hope that that your heart is stirred. I hope that there's something inside of you, an ember, that is burning. I believe that God has called us to be an impactful church. You know, when we moved to Oklahoma City nine years ago to plant this church, um, we obviously did not know it all. There's a lot that God has shown us over the past eight years. But one of the things that we did have an understanding of early on is that we wanted to be a church that, that made a difference. We wanted to be a church that if, if we had to close our doors, that the world would, would miss this community. They would miss what God was doing. We wanted to not just be here and have services and come together and do our little thing. We wanted to impact our city. We wanted to impact our nation. We wanted to impact the world. And and so we just kind of started where we could at that time and just started doing what we could to be obedient to what we felt like God was saying. And it started small, Uh, but I'm I'm so grateful for where we find ourselves today, a a church of over a thousand people. And, and, and God is just calling us to higher levels of, of taking this idea and, and growing it and having more impact. We believe that New Song Church is called to touch the world. We really believe that. And, but in order for that to happen, we all play a part in that. That's not just like the messages that go out of this house, the music that goes out of this house. It's the people that go out of this house. And it's the missions uh, and, and, and the commitments that we make that we send out of this house that are going to impact the world. And so there, there's two aspects that we want to highlight for you as, as we kind of close at our service today. Uh, Pastor Ashley said sacrificial mission is transformation expressed. So there's two ways we're expressing this transformation that's taken place in our lives so that it can bring that kind of transformation to the world. One is go. that God's called some of you to go on a mission trip to go be a part of what we're going to do in our city, what we're going to do in New York, what we're going to do in these other countries. Uh, some of us are called to that but here's what all of us are called to and that's so. There's go and there's so. Some of us will go all of us are called to sow. All of us can be generous with our lives, with what God has blessed us with to help us to fulfill this mission. And so you, you should have received these cards when you came in. I'd encourage you to grab one of these. There's a QR code on the back of it. We'll also throw it up here on the screen. If you if you want to, go ahead and grab your phone. You can do this right now so you can kind of follow along with me. But if you'll, you'll scan that QR code, it's going to take you Uh, To a PDF that we have, a document that outlines all of what we're going to do. When we were praying about what God would have us do, what God put on our heart is that this year, out of this house—and you should get excited about this—out of this house, we are going to sow a hundred thousand dollars into missions and into changing our city and the world. Come on, somebody! And here's the good news. You know what? You know what the good news is? We have all the money we need. You know why? Because we have you. And and, and so we can do this, and we believe we're called to do this, and so this is what we're going to do. We're going to chase after this, and we're going to make this kind of impact. So in this PDF, I want to outline, just show you a few of the things that we're going to be doing, just to kind of highlight them to you, what what we're going to be accomplishing. In fact, there's one uh, page in the PDF where there's a click here. You can click on that, and you can go right into sowing and giving and all that kind of stuff. Um, $3,000 is going to go towards Embrace Grace and Embrace Life. If you don't know what that is, that's the ministry we do here locally to help help. Uh, women who have found themselves in unplanned pregnancies and to support uh, women who don't have good family structure around them. So $3,000 is to help them with that, to help take care of them, throw baby showers, do all the kind of stuff we're going to be doing through that. Uh, $3,000 is for our Serve Saturdays. As you know, we, we come together on these Surf Saturdays. We go into our city, uh, but having some, some money helps us to go into these places and, and give them some of the like real materials and things that we need in order to go in and have a greater impact. Um, $6,000 is going to be used for our go week, that, that week of spring break, when we're going to be going into the city and doing all these painting things and cleaning things and raking leaves and doing all the stuff we're going to be doing. Uh, will help us with that. Uh, $10,000 is going to be for our local partner investments here. This is stuff like Hope is Alive, Real Single Moms, the ministries that we, we've seen here in our city that we support, that we love what they're doing. Uh, $3,000 is going to be used to send scholarships out. We have people who come to us from time to time that feel a missional call on their life. And so the funding for that is going to be used to say, yes, go do that. Spend a year there. We're going to support you monthly. We're going to help you do that. So we're putting some money aside for that. Uh, $30,000 is going to go towards our new song, Network partner support. Check this out, church. We have new song missionary support in Israel, Japan, Mexico, Ukraine, Moldova, Greece, Thailand, Myanmar, and Pakistan. Come on, church. is that awesome? We're touching the world. We're touching the world with Jesus, with his love, and we need your help to continue to do that. Another $30,000 is going to go towards, uh, what we're going to be doing in Penasco when we're there, we're going to be helping build another building for their school. It's the first Christian school in Porto Penasco. We're helping build that. We're helping support that. So we're going to we're gonna have the money to, to do that, and we're going to build it while we're there. I'm going to Porto Penasco this year. I'm going to be swinging a hammer. It's going to be good. And then we're going to Thailand. David's going to Thailand. It's going to be good. He's excited. He is. He's just playing guitar. But... <laughs> we're going to go to Thailand, $15,000 to help them. This is kind of cool too. If you were, if you've been around Song for a long time, you know, at the very beginning of the church, we started supporting a school in Thailand, buying uniforms for them. We've been continuing to support them through the years. Well, some of these kids are now graduating from this school. And so it's just kind of continuing this, this partnership we've had with that ministry uh, to help support them and help them. So there's a lot that we're doing and here's, here's what we're calling you to. We're calling you to say this, have this heart posture, Lord, whatever you want, like that's the call, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? In fact, I want to ask you to stand up on your feet. We're going to go into just a moment of reflection here. And I want you to just kind of start that conversation. It's probably already started a little bit with you, but just start that conversation where you really position your heart right now to say, God, whatever you want, I will give. Whatever you want. If you want me to go, I'll go. If you want me to, if what are you calling me to sow? We all play a part in this. And let's be active in this. So Holy Spirit, right now, we just... In fact, would you just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender? Because that's what we're doing. We surrender, Lord. We surrender to your kingdom. We surrender to your rule and reign. We say we want to see your ways in this world. We want to see this whole earth filled with your glory. We want to expand the kingdom of God, and we're asking you to use us. We're asking you to speak to us, Lord. Help us as, as, as couples to understand what we should give. Help us as individuals to understand what we should give. Lord, if you're calling us to a certain missions outreach to go, Lord, I pray that that would just be sealed in our hearts, God. We say, whatever you want, we want what you want, Lord Jesus. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for Newsong Church OKC in the app store.